0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts podcast. My name is Nate Schneck, and I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church. And today we've got a special interview in store for you today. And we've got Dana Peterson with us. And Dana is someone who's new to our Burning Hearts family, uh, but she just has an amazing life experience. She's got a passion for many different things. And so I'm excited to, to interview her and actually get to know her through this interview and hopefully everyone will just be uh, really blessed by what she has to share. So welcome, Dana.
1: Thank you, Pastor Nate. It's an honor to be with you this morning.
0: Thank you. So I think we'll just jump right into the interview. And, and so first, you know, as we've been talking to other people on the podcast, the first thing we want to know is just really your story. And so if you'd be willing to share your testimony, how you came to know Jesus, and some of just your, your background, that would be great
1: yeah i'll I'll try to keep it uh, brief okay. um, all of our journeys are unique and special and and so it's a great place to start so um I grew up on a farm in Kansas uh, I have four brothers and my parents were wheat and cattle farmers uh for for many years um my Uh, kind of upbringing included a pretty strong church. Um, I grew up in a Disciples of Christ church in Smith Center, Kansas. Um, My dad's family was really involved, um, grandma, great-grandma, all involved in the church. And so um, I was baptized when I was 11 and uh, grew up in the youth group and and different uh, activities at school as well. Um, When I was in high school, my parents uh, separated. And then, uh, regretfully, uh, when I was a senior, my church separated. Mm -hmm. Uh, There had a a separation over a national decision in the denomination. And so um, when I went to college, um, I tried lots of different things outside of church, Mm -hmm. including um, partying and um, just really not living the life that I was brought up to live. Um, And so uh, after college, or towards the end of college, I met a man that I was interested in, and we got married after I uh, went through graduate school at Kansas State University. And um, we definitely were not following Jesus at Mm -hmm. that time, Um, but he went through some difficult things with addiction, Mm -hmm. and so uh, our marriage fell apart uh, right before I turned 30. And uh, today, I'm grateful for that. Um, it really allowed me to get on my knees yeah. and come before Jesus and, and um, come into a place of repentance. Yeah. Um, Grateful for uh, my ex husband's mother, hmm. um, stepmother, and um, and sister, they came alongside me and invited me into a women's group oh. um, right as I was filing to, for divorce, and so wow. really had an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to to come into my life at that point in time. Um, uh, When I moved out of the house, uh, I moved into the only apartment I could find in the area, and that was right next door to an Assemblies of God church. So I went to church the next morning and knew I was back home Mm -hmm. again, and so uh, was discipled there and got to know the Holy Spirit there um, at that Assemblies church, and just really uh, renewed my faith um, in Jesus and set me on the right path again.
0: Wow, that's that's an amazing story, and uh, it's really neat just to see, even from the brief uh, hearing that I had, just how the Lord was aligning things and and after you and even using it, just beautiful like using. Your ex-husband's family to actually bring you yeah. to back into relationship with him. That's really cool. Yeah. Are there any moments um, that you'd like to share that were just you know bes- you know besides the divorce and some of the things you just talked about that you can say like oh this this is a moment where God was just so real to me and and um, you know either gave you direction for your life or or whatever it might be. Do you have any of those you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, There's one particular time that I was reminded of recently um, where uh, it was a very difficult conversation that my ex-husband and I were having before our our marriage fell apart. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that night, uh, we were in the living room and arguing and very angry with one another. And I sat up. um, I was laying down on the sofa and I sat up and just felt a very warm light come Mm -hmm. over my body. And, um, had words start coming out of my mouth that I didn't recognize, but I knew they had to be from the Lord. Um, They were words of repentance and how Jesus really loved us and wanted us to come back uh, to him. And so um, I feel like that experience really uh, allowed me to get on the right path um, with Jesus after the divorce. Um, The other opportunity I really think that God was very present to me uh, happened a few years after my divorce. And as I was being discipled and, um, and learning about uh, more about Jesus and about the Bible, um, my pastor was going through a Wednesday night mm-hmm. Bible study on um, Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. And there was a one of the evenings he was going through the verse about um, the green pastures. Yeah. And um, that evening, I was sitting in the pew and really just pouring over it as my grandmother had just recently passed a few mm-hmm. months before, and the Psalm 23 was her favorite yeah. part of the Bible. And so uh, it was part grieving, and, but part, uh, part study as well. And I heard a, a voice from the Lord um, that, that told me I was about to leave the green pastures. Wow. And a few months later is when uh, the Lord took me to Washington D.C. and wow. uh, took uh, took a job out there, and so it really opened up the door for me to listen to God through yeah. that transition and really listen for God.
0: That's amazing uh, through that
1: transition.
0: Um, just just for our information, was that like an audible voice or just like strong internal? Can you describe how it came to you?
1: So as I was sitting in the pew, it sounded like someone talking okay. to me wow. um, from the pew behind me. And wow. I looked around several times trying <laughs> to figure out where this voice was coming from. And uh, I had to spend about 30 minutes with my pastor <laughs> uh, that evening after he got done teaching. Of, what What's that? That's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And yeah. just how he was directing you through that. So so you talked about your transition to Washington. Can you tell us a little bit about your history there, what you did, you were you were involved with government. I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear about that.
1: Sure. So after graduate school, I started working for wheat farmers. um, And I know that there's a lot of wheat farmers in North Dakota, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of wheat farmers in Kansas. And so for about nine years after graduate school, I worked for wheat farmers in their association in Kansas and had some interaction with the National Association and the National Organizations for Wheat. Uh, while I was there, and so the um, two days after the Lord spoke to me that Wednesday evening at the mm-hmm. Assemblies of God Church, I learned about a position for to lead the National Association of Week Growers, wow. and um, that path then took me into that that role. Um, so I moved in January of 2010. And I, I was in a position that I thought was way too big for for me, mm-hmm. um, but it did take me to Washington, D.C. Uh, the wheat growers' offices were just a couple of blocks from the Senate wow. office building um, and just a block from a church that I got to be involved in and cool. really had a large... Um, large number of their members who worked on Capitol Hill sure. in different roles and worked for the government. And so in working with people and then also worshiping uh, with people in government, that really became a passion of mine, awesome. is getting to know people and how they demonstrate their faith through their work in the government. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so neat. <laughs> yeah. So now connect the, the dots to how you ended up here in, in Fargo, North Dakota, how you got connected with Burning Hearts Church, and and tell us a little bit more of that story.
1: Sure, sure. So I spent about 11 years in Washington, D.C. In the last few years, I've been, um, I was working at the uh, Department of Agriculture okay. in Washington, D.C., um, and had an opportunity to work in... A project that was across the department uh, that looked at precision agriculture technologies oh, that were cool. coming forward, and how could w- how could the USDA programs encourage farmers and ranchers to adopt those new tools onto mm-hmm. their farms and ranches? And so, in that work, I got to know Senator Hoven and his yeah. interests in precision ag and and mm-hmm. ag technologies, and he invited me out to Fargo. Uh, in 2019 to speak to a conference. And in that trip, I got to know uh, a lot of people here in the area in the ag technology and precision agriculture industries. And so Um, Went back to Washington, D.C., went back to work, um, eventually made my way to the Farm Service Agency. um, And that's where I was the last 15 months before the administration's term ended in January. And so after that term ended, I rested for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and then gave some thought to what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to get back closer to Kansas, mm-hmm. I wanted to get into a role that I could actually do something instead of talking about lots of great <laughs> ideas, sure. which had been kind of the theme in, in the last few years. And so um, I gave my friends here a call, um, and they had a job opportunity. And so I thought, well, Lord, let's go explore this new land and see what you might have here. And so I made arrangements to come for Valentine's Day weekend in February of this, this last winter. Um, and the Tuesday before that uh, trip was to start, I was on a Zoom call with Pastor Jada. And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to need a church to go to on Sunday when I get to Fargo. Yeah. So um, I sent her an email afterwards, and she invited me to join uh, that congregation that weekend. Yeah. And of I course,
0: remember meeting you that yeah, weekend. Yeah,
1: that was uh, a very uh, welcoming and warm reception, that very cold weekend yes, <laughs> in yes. February. And so when I made the decision to move, I knew that I would— um, get connected here at Burning Hearts.
0: So it's really interesting to hear your background and your interest in precision egg. Probably most of the listeners don't know this, but my, I have a background in that. Uh, to some degree, I worked at uh, NDSU in uh, the Center for Nanoscale Science and Engineering uh, for quite a few years after college. And uh, part of what we did was um, do some some work with Precision Egg, especially at the end of my time there. And we actually had a USDA grant and had some uh, grants from North Dakota. I think it was wheat growers and maybe soybean growers as well. And so really interesting. And then after that, I worked for um, an engineering firm in town who one of the main things that we did there was uh, Precision Egg. And so we did control systems for egg implements, uh, sensors. For for egg and and all sorts of things, so kind of neat connection. There. Yeah,
1: that is a neat connection. Yeah. yeah, so
0: great. It's been really fun to hear your story, and that's just amazing. Kind of how you ended up in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are. Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. cool.
1: I, I've learned that life is an adventure with God. Yes, and if we make sure and connect with our uh, tour guide every morning, that yes. it's it's a ton of fun yes. every day.
0: That's that's so great. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about how it was to work with with government and and to uh, worship with people and then see them in in that area. Can you help paint a picture for the listeners? Uh, probably most of them haven't been to d c or know what it's like to to work like uh, work in government and um, you know there's lobbying and there's all that sort of thing. Can you help? Kind of show the contrast between what life is like here versus Washington D.C.
1: Well, it's quite different. Yeah, but um, you know, I do like telling the story of. People who go to Washington, um, there are people of all ages that go to Washington, D.C. to serve in various roles. Of course, we have our elected uh, representatives and and senators, and um, and then there are, the, you know, those that work in civil servant roles that, um, you know, Gain experience in in the field a lot of times and then go to Washington, D.C. to lead programs and, and to be a part of the leadership of our government agencies. And so um, with my church in Washington, D.C., being on Capitol Hill, there was just a very easy community of people who had uh, jobs in lots of different types of roles. Um, And as I worked closely with members of Congress in my work with the wheat farmers, um, I got to know some as friends. And so we would have different groups um, together, and uh, we eventually kind of evolved one group into a work and faith group. And so really an opportunity to have a group of believers meeting usually in one of the cafeterias, either on the Senate side or on the House side, um, talking about the Bible yeah. at least once a week, you know, wow. just to to kind of give examples of how we struggle at our jobs or um, how we are strong in mm-hmm. our jobs as we demonstrate faith there in in what we're doing. And so um, that was a really uh, a really wonderful part of my time there. I Also, like part of, a couple of times that group actually had worship events in the evenings um in the in the office buildings uh, around capitol hill and so an opportunity just to strengthen believers in lots of different roles in our government i do i do encourage people that don't get involved with their government but either in the state or at the federal level um to realize that those people are people too. Yeah. Like they grew up and went to high school somewhere in the country yeah. or sometimes in other parts of the world. Um and then, you know, they have a faith and they're they're demonstrating their beliefs and their values as well. And so, being in Washington D.C., there was a great opportunity to see the um the mixing of lots of different areas of the of the country, um, but there's also a good community of Midwesterners. Yeah, so we kind of grouped cool. together and um, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got to know many people from Kansas and then um, all up and down the Great Plains as well.
0: That's really amazing, and I think that's encouraging too to the listeners. Because I think sometimes we, and I think I'm guilty of it sometimes too, is you think of you know, senators and representatives and other elected officials as almost like celebrities in a way, and, and they're just so different from us and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so I think what you're saying kind of breaks down that barrier a little bit. And then also it's so encouraging to hear that there are people serving in those capacities that have faith in Jesus. And I think sometimes we, because of what we see in the news and everything, we get this doom and gloom outlook of what our government is like and and we lose hope for America, but there's so much hope for America because there are good people in they government. Are. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: there's definitely groups of believers of all different levels in the government that are meeting together in Washington, D.C. for prayer and fellowship and and trying to do the right thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's so good. Mm-hmm. What was the pace of life like there compared to here?
1: Well, it's quite quite quick yeah. uh, people talk a lot faster in yeah. washington dc they move a lot faster um they're always on the go so scheduling is is difficult there but um it it's definitely a, a an area of the country where people know how to relax as well like hmm. to get away um you know washington dc was built uh, in the 1800s when there wasn't air conditioning. And so a lot of the rhythms of that city are that things really close down in August when it's steamy hot. Oh, sure. Right? So before air conditioning it would have been impossible to be in Washington DC very long. So right. people regularly, you know, get out of the city for that month. Um, and then around the the calendar of Congress, there is an ebb and flow. Sure. Uh, um, so that does help people. But um, when I moved to Washington, D.C., I was a farm kid, like working hard to mm-hmm. accomplish all of our goals and, and really had to um, get some good counsel on how to take care of myself because... Um, in that environment, I did overwork, yeah. um, and really had to learn how to rest. Yes, and so um, those two things uh, were were part of my my growing and exploring while I was up, out there.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that's become a little bit of a reoccurring theme in some of our interviews is how important it is to learn how to rest, no matter what you're doing, and and knowing your boundaries, knowing your limitations, mm-hmm. and when you 're pushing up against them to take action yeah. on it and being okay with saying no, yeah has been a a big thing so
1: yeah that that saying no or not now right. um, that opportunity to rest really is a decision of action mm-hmm. um, to trust God yes and not trust in ourselves, right, and so by saying. Uh, not now or no to things, we really give opportunity to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit to make miracles happen. That's right. Um, And it's really cool to watch them.
0: That's so good. Mm -hmm. so good. So you've been engaged with government, and I think still in your position here in Fargo, you have uh, more engagement with state and and local government. I want to ask you, how do you think government uh, fits into the kingdom of God?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and that's one I did give some prayer to as yeah. I prepared. And um, what came back to mind for me is really uh, the guidance that Moses got. Hmm. You know, when Moses was Moses and Aaron led the, the nation of Israel out into the wilderness, uh, he quickly learned that he couldn't do it all, yeah. right? He had to set up a system to... To allow for other leaders to to be raised up, mm-hmm. and I really think about government in that way that we set up a system as a society to raise up leaders to make decisions to provide for structure uh, for our our nation, uh, for our states, yeah. and for you know local entities as well. Uh, in order to make decisions, mm-hmm. but that that process only works when you have leaders that are being um, discipled or or coached through that uh, through that leadership process mm-hmm. and so one of my passions as I come back to the Great Plains is really raising up leaders. Uh, we need good people of, uh, with strong faith and solid values to be serving in those roles. It really is difficult um, to, to lay down our family needs or, you know, our job needs to serve in those roles, mm-hmm. but it's really important for the good of the whole. Um, you know, one of the things that I was starkly aware of as I moved from Kansas to Washington D.C. and then now back to the Great Plains here in North Dakota. Is just the the um, when you live on the Great Plains, you have to do it together. Yeah. Your neighbors, your the people who live around you. There's a bond mm-hmm. to do it together, and it's that community piece um, that I think makes our nation really great. And so, by raising up leaders within the community, by sharing our needs uh, with one another, by by pitching in and helping our leaders, whether yeah. it's you know um, getting their kids to the the uh, practice or or um, taking them a meal even, you know, yeah. like we do for people who are um, in, in need in other in other ways. And so really coming around our leaders and supporting them, knowing that it's that relationship that makes them a strong leader.
0: That's really good. Have you come across maybe the mindset uh, that I think sometimes people have in almost like the government is – is evil, or, 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 you know, that sort of thing, and you know, the Great Plains and other areas. There's militia people and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What would you say, or how would you lead someone in conversation? I mean, you kind of did it a little bit here with with um, how you're talking about just the need for it. But what other things would you say to someone that kind of has that that mindset or that wall? There? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it's easy to to not trust people you don't know. Yeah right so the barrier i most often try to get people to to go over or to overcome is get to know them mm-hmm. Get to know the processes that our government government goes through, or the people who are serving in our government um, have have good processes that do help with good decision making. Sometimes it's bureaucratic; it takes longer than we would like, right. um, but that would be kind of um, our my number one. And then, really um, remembering that Jesus is the one who set up the government. Hmm. Right, we know that the government rests on His shoulders. Yeah. He's the one that appoints those leaders. Mm-hmm. We may elect them, but the Holy Spirit energizes us to go to the ballot booth. Right. right? Yeah. So um, we need to trust Jesus more yeah. with our government That's right. and our government leaders. And in this season, I think the the enemy's use of isolation really has damaged a lot of relationships in our communities, in our government, in in business. So we need to overcome that. We need to come back together, meet together, whether it's personally, face-to-face, or whether it's uh, communicating by email or over a video call. We have so many tools in our toolbox right now to have community, and we need to be sure to use it. Um, And, you know, for those who have have negative things or things they'd like to create differently within the government – jump right in. Right. There are places for that feedback to to really be productive and you know I'd be glad to talk with anyone about how to how to do that.
0: That's excellent. We'll save that for a, a, a couple minutes from now. I want to ask you a couple other things. Um so you talked about it a little bit like how you, your faith merged when you were working in Washington DC, but for you personally was that something that kind of just gradually happened through your time there you talked about having your church right there near where you worked or was there a moment when when the lord kind of um you know just it, it just kind of hit you like oh th- i really can merge what i'm doing for my career with my faith what was it like for you
1: yeah um you know i would say that's one of the blessings of being discipled when i was uh, when i returned to the lord at the at the uh, at the Assemblies of God Church in Manhattan, Kansas. It was an opportunity to really uh, have a woman in my life coaching me on different decisions and whether that were that those decisions were who what friends I was hanging out with, um, what I actually did with my time, um, whether that was um, the decisions I was helping or giving influence over at work. Um, she was really a very pivotal part of, mm-hmm. of incorporating my faith yeah. and discipling me uh, in order to be one person yeah. uh, at home, at work, at church. I'm and so that that's um, probably who I would attribute to the most. And then um, being in that church community in Washington, D.C., which can be kind of a, a hard environment to yeah. have faith in. Um, that really strengthened that resolve to to bring all of my work decisions to Lord, to the Lord yeah. every morning to pray over my calendar where I was investing my time and and to pray over the team that the Lord had given me authority over and responsibility for. Yeah. Um, really bringing all those decisions to the Lord, I couldn't have done it without Him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. And so. Um, just you know trusting in god that he he was going to lead me in the right path
0: that's so good yeah that's really cool yeah and i th- i would say that probably having that faith community that you had in dc of many people in similar positions really helped with that okay i'm one person here at home and and in the workplace. So that that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because I did, you know, I did have friends in my small groups at church that I would interact with um, at work as well. And yeah. so, you know, I needed to be the same person in yeah. both places or that's kind of hypocritical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's good.
0: Um, do you have any stories you want to show or share uh, about, you know, just like Something the Lord did that was just so clear as you were working in government in D.C.?
1: I would say um, it was probably the story that comes to mind is, is before I went to D.C. And it was in that season where I was being discipled and kind of getting back into my faith. And there was an instance where I had gone to Washington, D.C. with one of our farmer leaders um, to advocate. Uh, mm-hmm. For uh, farm bill policy, and um, there was an instance where we had an opportunity to give input directly into a, a leading senator's decision. Um, he had a vote that day. Okay. And so um, he, as he and I walked back from his office to the wheat growers' office. In order to get some materials around to to support our our position, um, we just walked in prayer. As you know, he was a farm guy in his 50s. And I was in my early 30s at the time. And we just, you know, we just prayed to God, okay, Lord, you've given us this opportunity. Yeah. What do you want us to say in wow. this letter? And so we went back to that office and um, pounded out a letter. And 30 minutes later, it was in the senator's hands. And wow. so, you know, it was just an opportunity really to give that decision back to the Lord yeah. um, and, and to trust in him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's really good, yeah, I think it's important too for everybody out there that's in some other sort of career uh, really to seek the Lord over all the little things. I found that out through my career as well. Um, it was only maybe the last couple of years where you know I was in a position of of leadership and i I realized how much responsibility that I had, not only in the natural but also in the spirit mm-hmm. and, and that he was calling me to actually intercede not only over my own things, but over the, the whole company and over my teams and, and all of those things. And yeah. so, um, I think it's so important that we, we grasp that. And so if you're, you're not doing that out there, I challenge you to yeah. to do it. <laughs>
1: so that brings up another memory. When I was working at USDA, I was in a supportive role to an administrator of the Farm Service Agency. And it was um, right after COVID hit, and the Farm Service Agency has a network of offices around the country, usually one in most every county, mm-hmm. that has you know anywhere from one to two to sometimes 15 employees in it. And so um, we were changing everybody from working with farmers over the counter face to face uh, to um um teleworking sort of situation sure. from their homes and so we had an opportunity to have an all hands video call um, that the administrator was going to um, you know just share yeah. with people and help people process this tremendous changes that were happening in our families and in our work and um I had an opportunity just to intercede mm. you know while the administrator was talking with 10,000 employees uh, across the country I was in my office next door just praying that's so good right praying for God to work yeah yeah it yeah. was really great opportunity that's cool yeah
0: that's really good so let's jump to the the question that we just touched on a, a few minutes ago For the person that's out there that wants to get engaged in government, get engaged in um, politics, what steps would you uh, encourage them to take to, to do that?
1: So the first thing I would say is like, Get to know the people who are in those positions right now, whether it's going to the city council meeting or going to a, a coffee that your your member of, of the house or somebody offers for the community, mm-hmm. or, or whether it's just going up and knocking on their door. Like make friends yeah. and get to know the people who are serving in those roles. Um, and then, you know, really spend some time with the Lord to to determine your passion, mm-hmm. what is it? Is the call um, on your heart and in your life um, to serve? Uh, because you're going to need to return to that. Yeah. You're going to need to. You're going to need to know what what is that core thing that the Lord is asking you to do. Um, and so, my advice is to pray and fast, mm-hmm. um, and then to to build friendships and and people who also have common passion in that area and once that happens and you give this desire of your heart to the lord he will create the path he will show you each step of the way to take
0: yeah that's really good mm-hmm. for you did you find yourself engaged in local uh or state level you know you you went to like federal level but was was there a progression for you or was it straight to dc
1: that's a great question because I grew up in a family that wasn't involved in anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and it never occurred to me growing up that I would be have any engagement with the government. Um, I think the the. Hints started coming probably through FFA. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, was involved too. in high school, and I was a 4-H'er as well. Okay. And So I had some experience giving project reports and different things in front of my 4-H club. Um, but in FFA, I really honed the ability to talk in front of people and to give speeches, and I enjoyed that. Cool. Um, So in college, I was more involved in some clubs and activities that allowed me to get some perspective about uh, policy uh, work. Um, I had several women in the Kansas AgriWomen who sponsored trips for me to go to Washington, D.C. with them um, and learn about different types of uh, regulations and laws that influence uh, agriculture businesses around the country. And that kind of perked my interest. Okay. Um but you know, I was on a path in my college career to go into the meat industry and, and to sell meat. Okay. Uh, and so I didn't really give it much thought until after college. I wanted to stay in the Manhattan area because I'd yeah. fallen in love yeah. and had gotten married and. Um, and so I got involved with the, the Wheat Growers Association. I, got, I joined their team. And it was in working with the members of the Wheat Growers Association, listening to what was happening in, in crop insurance and different um, environmental regulations, that I really decided that I could use my love of talking in front of people mm-hmm. um, to help them get better at that too. Sure. So even from the very start, I was not really in it to be involved in government. I was in it to allow people to communicate well, um, and mostly farmers at the at the first. And so um, that was where I got started in government. And it just so happened I went to Washington D.C. to do it. Um, and then when I was there, I was working for wheat farmers and really advocating. Uh, to the government. And then I had friends in the government. I burned out uh, when I was working for the wheat growers. So I took some time off and did some volunteer work. And it was in that volunteer work um, that I got uh, a friend, Ann Hazlett is her name, and she and I were volunteering at an outreach ministry in Southeast DC. Um, And then about a year later, um, she had an opportunity to to be in the administration at USDA, and she asked me to join her team. So like the only reason I worked in government directly is because I had a friend ask me to join her team. <laughs> so to me, it's about that relationship piece right. and really not, not really about the, the power or the authority of our government, but, right. but having good people with strong relationships with the Lord and with one another mm-hmm. on those teams.
0: Yeah. And like you were saying, just being so aware of of the Lord and the opportunities that are in front of you and seeking Him. Is this the right door to walk through or is this not? And and just following that versus maybe the aspirations that you might have. So that's really good. All right. So let's flip our last question around. And for someone who is already in uh, a position where they're working in government or they're engaged in politics at whatever level it might be, but they haven't really figured out how to be themselves uh, or be the same in, in all areas. How would you encourage them in engaging their faith uh, in in their role?
1: So with any sort of transformation Process. I really believe in seeking God in these things uh, and asking God for a guide, Hmm. whether it's a a Christian leadership coach, or a pastor, or a friend, and having that person who can help you be accountable to this desire of your heart to engage your faith more at work, whether it's in government or in business or anywhere else, right? Yeah. Um, God made us to do things together, and I think that's really important. I also, um, you know, I just want to encourage people to seek out opportunities uh, for government leaders. Like, there's a, there's a network of prayer groups for different members of um different levels of government. Mm -hmm. And so if there's not a prayer group that you can find, why not start one, Yeah, right? It's just as simple as 30 minutes before the start of the day, brew a pot of coffee and invite some common-minded, common-valued people together to pray. And I think God can do a lot. Uh, yeah. With a small group of people who have a common vision and common desire. And that uh, that's only glorified when that common desire is to elevate the name of Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice and very practical too, yeah. so I appreciate yeah. that. And it's
1: simple, right? Like yeah. just find some friends and start praying and then watch God start moving. Yeah,
0: that's really good. Well, let's transition to just a few lighter questions for the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. Uh so this is this is one that we haven't asked before but if there's one person that you could meet either in history or in the present that you haven't met who would it be
1: So this question is, is um is one that I've been struggling with actually um there are lots of people that I would love to meet and I think um if I were to go back in history I would want to meet George Washington.
0: Yeah.
1: I've heard and read a lot about his faith, you mm-hmm. know, and being in the Washington, D.C. area, I got to explore Mount Vernon. So I know he's yeah. like a farmer, mm-hmm. too. And so I would love to to meet George and Mary Washington. I think a dinner with them would be a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> and just think of the stories they they right? could tell.
1: Yeah, the war stories, yeah. but also uh, the community stories and building the nation. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm just more aware about as I get back to the Great Plains is is the desire to build things yeah. and to build people. And I think George and Mary did that very well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And they built a government. That's right. They yeah. built a whole nation. Yeah. And they were beloved, right? right. Yeah. So, you know, they had to have lots of friends. And mm-hmm. um, and I, those things, those characteristics are things that I I identify with.
0: That's great. So what's something that brings you joy, brings you life right now? doesn't necessarily have to be a spiritual thing but something you enjoy doing.
1: Yeah. So this summer I've really enjoyed a yard. Yes. You know, moving out of Washington DC there wasn't very much dirt available mm-hmm. and it certainly wasn't Red River Valley yeah. black, right? right? So um it's been a ton of fun to get my hands dirty in the yard. There's I bought a, a house um kind of south of downtown and really enjoying um taking care of the grass, putting in some flowers. Mm -hmm. Um, I did some good pruning over several weeks. There were some huge lilac bushes in the backyard, and so they needed a good pruning. And I think it's always... Um, an opportunity for prayer when I'm pruning, Yeah. because there's also things that I probably needed to let go as yeah. I transition from Washington, D.C. to Fargo. And so very much restorative to my soul, as yeah. well as great to be in yeah. the ground and in the soil again.
0: Yeah. Walking out John 15 is here. <laughs> <laughs> Taking yeah. Taking care of the plants. That's right. That's really good. If you could give one piece of advice to the listeners right now, what would it be?
1: Well, um, I think my piece of advice is is um, the importance of community. Mm. You know, as we face all of this uncertainty around uh, the Delta variant, you know, kids are going back to school, um, routines at work are shifting a little bit. Uh, there's a huge number of students back in, in the city. Um, I think it's just really important to, to build networks of community, whether that's a prayer group between two or three friends, or whether that's um, something different. And, and doing it in such a way that we can stay flexible with our needs for health, right? So uh, we've got so many tools um, that, I think community is what I would encourage us to focus on as we go through the the months leading into the winter. You know, being new to North Dakota, I'm a little bit cautious (laughs) going into winter. Um, I do remember lots of cold winters growing up in Kansas, but I'm probably going to need recommendations on winter wear. So, uh, yeah, I welcome those. (laughs) (laughs) We can definitely
0: do that. And winter is really a great time to um, that I've noticed that you're, you're kind of just forced to slow down sometimes. And when there's a snowstorm, it's like, okay, I have to stay at home or whatever it might be. Um, and sometimes it's been, it's made a little bit more difficult because of how connected we can be, but there's still something about, uh, just, just the, the season of of slowing down and, Mm -hmm. and, and seeing, you know, no matter how difficult winter can be with cold and snow and all that, there's something to the season change. Mm-hmm. And then going into spring that I, I don't think I'd ever give up winter. You know? Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. It's a good season to rest too. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, Dana. This was really fun. Yeah, it's it was, been great. It was great. And I think there's uh, many things that the listeners out there, uh, we'll be able to take and apply to their lives, and they'll be really encouraged through this. So wonderful! So it's been a
1: pleasure you. to be together this today.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is the Burning Hearts podcast, and until next time, keep the fire burning.